Welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Wednesday, the 12th of April, with me, Bernadette and Derko. On the show today, fixed income analyst Dario Messi will be joining us to take a look at recent and forthcoming data points and discuss how they might impact US Fed rate decisions. And Tim Gagey, who heads up our Geneva FX team, will update us on what's hot and perhaps what's not in the currency markets right now. But first, I'm delighted to be joined by the head of investment writing, Roman Canciani, who's going to fill us in on the main events that have been moving markets whilst we slept. Good morning, Roman. Good morning, Bernadette. Perhaps you could start today's show off with what's been driving markets over the past few hours. Well, with the earnings season to begin only this Friday, all eyes are currently on economic macro data. Markets are in wait-and-see mode before the all-important US consumer price inflation data released this afternoon. Still, European markets spent the day yesterday mostly in positive territory, with mining stocks outperforming on the day. One thing, though, which was interesting to see was the prevailing weakness in tech-related stocks, with the Nasdaq 100 in the US edging lower for the fifth session of the last six. The tech sector, which has been the main driver of the equity rally since the beginning of the year, has come under major investor scrutiny, as it would be probably one of those sectors suffering most from further rate hikes in the US, because the valuation would be heavily impacted by higher costs of capital. So uh, you said it there, Roman, it's probably inflation data which is going to move the markets today. What's the latest chatter there? Yes, uh, actually, few investors have a real conviction on what to expect from the upcoming inflation report. Consensus expects it to slow with the core reading, i.e. without food and energy, uh, to come in around plus 5.6% year on year. Goldman Sachs said that it would expect the S&P 500 to drop by more than 2% should inflation surprise to the upside, say coming at 6% or more. So traders are a bit anxious and follow the talk of Federal Reserve officials very closely. Yesterday, though, there were mixed signals from Fed officials, with the New York Fed President John Williams saying that rates will likely go higher, uh, but Chicago Fed President Austin Goolsby calling for some prudence and patience with regard to further moves by the U.S. Central Bank. So how did the U.S. markets fare then yesterday? As I said in the beginning, it was a fairly uneventful day yesterday. The S&P 500 closed little changed, uh, but still with about 80% of its constituents handing in a positive performance on the day. Best sectors were energy, financials and materials, all up by 0.7% and more. Underperformers were tech, which was down about 1%, and telecoms. In fixed income markets, the two-year yield keeps on hovering around the 4% handle and 10-year yields are trading at 3.43 this morning. The dollar has kept on trading in a narrow range versus peers. Gold is up overnight, trading at 2,020 US dollars per ounce. Bitcoin has dipped below the 30,000 US dollar mark again. And Brent oil is rather unchanged at about 85 US dollars per barrel. Right. And um, any news regarding overnight action on the markets? Well, yes, uh, Brazilian stocks rallied hard into their close, up by more than 4% on inflation data there, slowing more than expected. In China, government bond yields extended their recent advance to their lowest level since November, as traders expect some monetary easing there. Still, Chinese equities could not hold on to their gains and are slightly in the red as we speak. 
In news closer to home, the Swiss Parliament's lower house has voted against approving the 109 billion francs in government guarantees for UBS's takeover of Credit Suisse, a symbolic show of popular and political discontent with the deal, which the executive pushed through in March. But this doesn't mean that the deal is off. The Parliament cannot reverse the government-brokered marriage between the two biggest Swiss banks. And uh, what are the European markets up to this morning? European shares are set for muted trading today as investors await US inflation data. The future table uh, is mainly red, but trading action will remain in narrow ranges until 2.30 this afternoon when US inflation is published. There is one data point in Europe which we already got in. Norwegian GDP for February has come in a bit lower than expected at minus 0.2%, but January data have been revised up from minus 0.2 to plus 0.1. So I don't think that this is moving in markets today. Otherwise, look out for LVMR's sales update after the close of trading in France. The company is generally considered a bellwether with regard to how well the luxury business is doing. An interesting data point and in close connection to the China reopening narrative. That's it from me. Thank you so much for the update, Rema. Now, good morning, Dario, and uh, thank you for joining us today. The last few times we've had you on the show, you've covered the stresses in the banking system and how they've waxed and, and hopefully now waned. Um, aside from that, uh, you've always got to deal with the regular data points coming our way. We had the jobs data out of the US last Friday. That's normally a driver for bonds, isn't it? Yeah, hi, Bernadette. Uh, and yes, indeed, the bond market is always up for uh, some volatility on uh, non-farm payroll data. That's also why we bet on the outcome in our team every month. Now, we discussed it already several times uh, already here in, in this uh, forum. Uh, this year, rate volatility is very high. So we see this on various fronts and various different measures. Having said this, the reaction last Friday was actually not so dramatic. So probably just because we got again kind of a mixed signal from the job report. So the 10-year US Treasury yield moved some uh, 10 basis points. We have already seen many bigger intraday moves uh, the past few months. Now, on the job report itself, uh, payroll data was in line more or less with consensus with some decent uh, 230,000 jobs added in March. Uh, then we had an uptick in, in labor participation. This is very good if we think of the, the impact on inflation by the still missing workers. Uh, but at the same time, we had the unemployment rate coming down to 3.5%. Uh, this was not expected. The, the other good news then on the inflation fighting front, growth uh, in average hourly earnings was lower than actually expected. Okay, so that was the news last week. Today, as, as Roman already mentioned, we've got consumer price data coming from the US. Everyone's looking for the next signal as to how the fight against inflation is proceeding. What should we expect? Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, we heard it also before. Uh, everyone is watching the CPI data uh, released today. Um, and later, we also get uh, the FOMC minutes, which could also be interesting regarding uh, any remarks on the uh, financial stability discussion. Now. On the CPI, generally, um, we always say single data points should not be taken at face value. This data is always noisy. And at the end, the trend is important. But obviously, the market uh, will and is reacting on single data points. So everything we think which does not show a continued easing of inflation, meaning if we don't get a number uh, below, for example, the last uh, month, 6% year-on-year reading, is probably very badly received by markets. 
we heard it before from Roman, conviction is very low here. Uh, what we know is that lower gasoline prices should bring the energy complex again, delivering a negative contribution. But the focus, as so often, will be on core inflation, more specifically also on non-rent core services. Uh, this, this one is very much a good approximation of the actual inflationary pressure. Generally, in our view, having now more the medium-term lens, what we see on leading indicators, specifically also at the credit front, at the credit channel, we think the disinflation process is, is still ongoing. So if I understand you correctly, all of this points to life not being made any easier for the Fed as, we, as they head towards their May meeting, or, or how do you see it? Yes, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, definitely true. The, the medium-term outlook is not the only relevant element uh, for the Fed uh, when inflation readings are still so high. It's also about the credibility of the Fed. But we also have financial stability concerns now, also in the, included in the discussion. Um, I think the recent communication we got from the Fed officials was also quite divergent, so difficult to say what we actually get in May. Uh, priced is not even a full 25 basis points uh, hike anymore. And I think ongoing discussions on this financial stability recession uh, could mean the Fed is actually already done. We are already in, in very restrictive territory after all. Thanks so much for your insights today, Dario. Now, as I mentioned at the start of the show, it's the day we take a deeper look into the currency markets with Tim Gage. Good morning, Tim. Did the Easter Bunny bring any surprises in the world of FX? Ah, no, not really. On Friday, we did have non-farm payrolls, which is slightly better than expected. Triggered some very short-lived demand for the dollar on some hopes for a further red hike at the next meeting, but it was nothing to get your teeth into. And we are yet again taking a look at 110 in euro dollar and 125 in cable. I was chatting to my brother-in-law last night, who was not at all in the financial industry. And he asked me, uh, you know, if anything around the Trump story or China's preparations for Taiwan or the IMF's absolutely brutal growth forecast for the UK had meant any activity for us. And the answer was, of course, no, not in the slightest. None of those things had any impact. It's interesting to me how robust the market has kind of made me think about it in the face of all this news and chatter. And I wonder how long this durability will last. Um, I understand that gold was closed on Friday. And in the wake of non-farm payrolls, did that create any volatility for when it reopened this week? Not as much as you might have thought. Initially, the first move was for gold to drop, drop to about 1987. But this barely lasted a day. And this morning, we are almost to gold, being the same number as the year we are in. We topped out this morning at 2021. US yields have not really moved that much. I think some of the gold flows might be to do with how weak the Japanese yen is. New Bank of Japan Governor Ueda's words over the weekend brought to mind the famous lyrics from The Who, meet the new boss, he's the same as the old boss. He for now is very much sticking to the party line that yield curve control is appropriate. It's an incredibly loose interpretation of if it ain't broke, don't fix it, because as far as I can see, it isn't working. But as a result, the yen is very much on the back foot and some of these flows into gold may well have come from there. I do still struggle a bit to see how we can break this 2,075 major resistance. That was the high at the start of COVID and again at the start of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, bearing in mind that on both these occasions, rates were basically at zero. But there we are. The biggest metal mover was, however, silver, which right now is at its highest level since April 2022. So where might the opportunities be right now? I think that depends on how you are already positioned. 
for those who are short dollars, I would once again make sure to take some partial profits. Euro dollar may find 110 really quite hard to break. And the same story for cable at 125. So these could be good levels to buy back some dollars, though maybe not all of them, with a view to selling them again on a pullback. Alternatively, as usual, looking at a reverse convertible, selling an option, decumulator, TARF to reduce dollar shorts or more gradually, or pick up some yield around the winning position also works really well. I'd tread carefully with gold, maybe taking some gains on longs via an option, reverse convertible or something like that seems like a smart idea. I wouldn't chase after it here, um, but I would absolutely never be short metals. That's never a good idea. If you are long dollars, then it is, of course, never too late to change course, although I would prefer not to sell dollars right here. Having said that, an accumulator buying euros somewhere near 106 or perhaps buying pounds against dollars somewhere near 120 could be a good way to start to adjust positioning. Of course, you run the risk that we take off and hit the knockout barrier, but it might be a bit more palatable than simply just buying here at what could be um, the short-term high. Anything to look out for today? Well, Bank of Canada this afternoon, not expected to do anything, but as always, the tone will be important. However, as we already heard, we have US CPI, which I think could be very influential for the next Fed meeting and therefore what the market does today. As we heard, the forecast is for a continued drop in inflation. The year-on-year -year figure drop is really expected to be quite significant from 6% to 51 if that's confirmed, I would assume that the market would continue to look to sell some dollars. That might perhaps give another leg up in metals. But, and this is a big but, I do admit, if there is an upside surprise, then we could really be in for some rock and roll because I'm absolutely convinced the market is not ready for CPI to come in higher than these forecasts. So I would think that would be the pain trade for today and one to watch out for. But uh, on that note, thank you for everyone for listening. Bernadette, thank you for the chat and have a great rest of the week. Well, I hope we'll be avoiding the pain trade. Thanks for joining us and sharing your ideas, Tim. Well, that concludes today's podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Join us again tomorrow when Helen will be back to guide you through what's moving markets. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer, we would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.